G'day and welcome to a program where two people think they are more correct than I am, when in fact they are not. We're going to talk about all things Canadian Grand Prix and how Sebastian Vettel definitely deserved that win. Welcome along then to another episode of Oz F1. And with me in the studio, as always, are two very incorrect people, the first of which has just returned from the Australian Snow Alps. We don't really have Alps, do we? But anyway, thomasjcamp.com, welcome to you. Hello, boys. How are we? We're uh, Well, I'm doing very well. And the next more incorrect person than Campy is uh, Tommy T. A big welcome and no thanks to you. Cheers. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Good, good uh, Campy. Does this guy know what he's talking about? No, yeah, no or I... Just for everyone's awareness, I have spent most of my time in a venue today with, with Tommy T. And the first thing that I arrived to was, do you know how wrong you are about <laughs> <laughs> And I said, can you just save this for the podcast? And he just kept going and going and going. So, look, I have control of the mics and that's a good, uh, good thing for me. But, look, we're going to get to that. Uh, gents, Canadian Grand Prix, I just said it was probably the most exciting race of the year. Campy completely disagrees with me, which is... I mean, you're wrong again. That's fine. And uh, Tommy has... I agree. I think it was really good. Bloody hell, you agree. Good. It was good. What was better? Okay, great. <laughs> it was only good until Seb went off. Oh. Otherwise, it was pretty stock standard. Okay. All right. Well, look, we're going we're gonna to walk through lap by lap the we race. Will. That's, we that's will. exciting. Uh, let's just do a, a quick overview as we normally do. Uh, I think Renault did an outstanding job this weekend. The person who does their strategy was not on. I think he must have been on holiday somewhere. Thank goodness for that. Stay sick, stay removed. Uh, the, in fact, the TV director was very good as well. So clearly not the Weird. same person from China. That's exciting. China. The Canadians stepped up. They did. And uh, the Canadian boy actually had a pretty good race. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think overall, look, I think that was a really good good race to watch. We didn't see the top three really one sort of going out and 20, 40 seconds away. We had good racing all the way until the end, which I thought was exciting to see. We did. I liked how the starting grid was a bit changed up from what it usually was. We had... Max a bit further down. Valtteri didn't qualify as well. Our boy Danny Rick, what a star! Oh, good what boy. a star! We'll get there. We'll, we'll um, hang on, we'll get but I there. just think it just made for a bit more of an interesting race, strategy wise, oh, totally. racing wise. We could see who's you know on the pace, and yeah. I'm I'm just excited to to see both in qualifying and the race. Daniel finishing ahead of his old seat. Uh, of course, the person who's driving that old seat is a bit useless, but that's <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's start then with uh, with the bottom, like we normally do. And uh, for everyone who's listening, uh, welcome and thank you, of course, for listening. Uh, we're going to walk you through just quickly the the sort of the grid team by team, uh, last to first. Uh, of course, if you want to know exactly any of the stats that we're talking about, you can head to uh, the website of uh, Formula One uh, or you can head along to ozf1.com.au and you can see some information there about what we're talking about as well. But uh, gents, let us start at the bottom. Conveniently though, what well, is Williams, it's what we're going to start. We'll be very quick. We'll talk about um, Kubica. Okay, we've done that. And uh, now <laughs> yeah, we'll talk very about... well. Well off the pace. We're going to talk about George. Uh, Good boy. Tommy, what are your thoughts, mate? I mean, you beat Magnussen, so 
I'm very anti-Hass at the look moment. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Magnuson or I George? I beat a Hass. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got to beat what's there. I mean, they know that they're not in a competitive car. They're doing what they can do. They're getting out there. And he's finishing races. I mean, they had a couple of quick laps in there towards the end. But what else can you ask for? Like, they, they've got to do this every week just to continue for sponsors, for all those kind of things, just to show face and just be a part of F1. Otherwise, they just might as well just leave. Look, it is it is sad to see Kubica being lapped three times for this race. It's not mm-hmm. surprising, but it is sad. We have said this many, many times. And look, I listened to a podcast that Daniel did uh, a couple of – or last week, I think. With um, Nico. With Nico. Yeah, that was and, really good. And even him saying you – Nico, know, not such a great host. Though. Nico was not good. Uh, Danny Nico, if you want to know how to host better, <laughs> let me point you in the, the website direction of www.thomasjcamp.com.au where you can see how to host a Formula 1 podcast as and well as how to run a team. And stop doing Heineken ads. And stop doing Heineken ads. There's actually two of us who need to do that, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, so realistically, you know – and look, my point I was going to say is Daniel said it's great to see Robert back and he has fought really hard to get to this point. It is a waste of time, though, as far as I'm concerned. You might as well yep. fight back and get into a team that's actually going to be decent enough to you know honour your comeback and he hasn't done that. That's sad. Hey, what happened with Haas? Let's talk about Haas. We'll talk about Grosjean and we'll talk about Magnussen. K-Mag lost it this weekend. He was in a suck-my-balls Danish oh. attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And... <laughs> You know, even Gunter had to get on the radio towards the end of that the race was, to say, Pull your that was bloody one of my highlights mate. of the race was him just going, enough is enough, pretty much stopping a sook. Mm. The whole team has been here overnight fixing your car because you put it in the wall, which has now been renamed to the Wall of Idiots because <laughs> you've ruined it for everyone else. I'm off you. Wall, just wall such a complainer. <laughs> what a complainer. I mean... Everyone's had a bad day. Your whole team has been there all night fixing your car so you can go out and compete and you're just sucking. I did not think that I would be saying that Grosjean was the second complainer in the team and, and came back the And first. he complained enough this week as well. He bloody did. You're not wrong. The first thing that uh, Grosjean said when he got passed was, can we talk to race control about that? Because he got overtaken by, I think it was... Uh, Perez. Yeah. The first thing he said, the second it happened, was like, oh, that was just a racing incident, mate. You just got undertook. Re- report to race control. Yeah, yeah. we'll report it by saying you got overtaken and you were slower in the corner. <laughs> They've said shut up, get on with it. I'm really disappointed with Haas. You know, they started the year strong and they're still your favourite and our least favourite team. Mm. Uh, it's the Ferrari. I think it's good literally hanging on to it for me. He's the only good part about that team right now. Look, you're not wrong. And, you know, I think it's great that they're there. I think it's great that they're part of it. And certainly Mr. Haas putting his money behind it is fantastic. But it, I'm I'm struggling to see them doing any good in the next couple of races as well. Mm-hmm. This circuit does not suit their car uh, at we all. We saw this, no, Why no, does it not? If you look at Bahrain, which mm. is a very power-sensitive circuit like Canada is, which we've just seen. Mm-hmm. That's actually a great description <clears throat> for you, Campy. Power sensitive. Power it's, sensitive. That's true. Sorry to interrupt. Continue. I don't think Haas is that bad. Like, they had a bad weekend. As we've said all year, that these cars are so track-specific and the the difference in the track characteristics really brings that to fruition. We saw how good Haas was in Melbourne. They did really well and outperformed far, expect, far more than anyone expected. Yeah. But then they didn't did score another point until Spain four races later. But you look at the next three races after that. They were terrible after Melbourne. Mm. 
again, this is just one of those tracks that don't suit them. They had issues with K-Mag and his crash in qualifying, and the car really wasn't prepped for the race. It was the whole new brand mm-hmm. thing set up wise, hence why he complained as much as he did. So yeah. I'm not ready to write them off yet, but they can still perform at a high level on certain tracks. I think Tommy T's ready to write them off. What are your thoughts, mate? Uh, I think it's more just the attitude. I think oh, you're yeah. lucky, said. Terrible attitude. The attitude's what gets me. Like, yes, it's not going your way at the moment. Maybe this track isn't suit your car, but show up and still try. Like, you had every opportunity to be in Q3. What are you talking about? Like, do you know what? I've been in Q three most races as well. Like, and this is the first time that he quick got to over Q3 one. They're in, quick over one lap. They're quick over one lap. But this is the first sure. time K Mag had got into Q three for Canada. True. Yes. Not that he arrived there, but, yeah, it, but he didn't get to actually compete in there. there. Yeah. But you look at Monaco; he performed really well. And what mm-hmm. we were saying before, Campy, is that you're looking at different circuit types, and at a high downforce circuit type, track like Monaco. They're performing quite well. And yep. K-Mag as a driver is performing better on mm-hmm. higher downforce rather than higher speed. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Well, but look. again, the attitude's terrible, and I would have loved to see what Gunther said afterwards. Oh. Well, the it, fact that what he said during the race, yeah, during the race on radio. Was, during the race was well thought through and stern and, mate, pull your head in. He is brilliant. But imagine what it was like behind closed doors, hence yep. what we saw last year on that F1 documentary. The best. Let's talk about uh, Alpha. Kimi really just had a disappointing race, didn't he? Just nowhere. Yeah, well, he's out qualified. But Giovinazzi wasn't really there or thereabouts. Alpha was, was just rubbish again this, this time around. Was was bloody Kimi was saying, I wish I was hungover? <laughs> he just didn't want to be there at all, I don't think. He yeah. just... Yeah, I'm not sure what their, um, what their upgrades have looked like since the start of the season. Eh? I'm not sure... Hmm. How much information's out there? But I haven't really been following them either too Look, closely. I just, my fear is, and you sort of the same with Haas. We were just saying before. My fear is that Ferrari, as a main team, as the works team, isn't performing as well as they should. And the onflow from that is mm-hmm. that they're the B teams or the junior teams or whatever you want to call them are not receiving upgrades that are actually worthwhile. Yeah, because they might be changing things. Completely and getting to the track, and then things go wrong. I mean, look at look at Racing Point; they had to go back an engine to to get it to the bloody grid to actually go. And Lance drove really well with that. And we'll come to Racing Point in a minute. But I just don't think Alpha and Haas are reaping the benefits of having a Ferrari mm-hmm. in the back of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, I I just don't want to see Kimi that far down the field either. I don't think we're going to have much of a choice yeah, in the next couple of months sucks, either. But- it is what it is, I think. You're not, you're not wrong. And look, we'll see what he does. Uh, there's still Do a whole think, other season. They're not a high-spending team either. No, they're not. But look, as long as he's happy, I just don't think he was happy this time around, and that, that's what really got me. Hey, let's talk about Racing Point. Let's talk about uh, Checo. Uh, didn't really do much, did he? He had a couple of good moves here and there, but he still ended up, what, 12th, I think? Yeah. yeah. It, Which... I mean, he had qualified Stroll. But in saying that, Stroll's engine got replaced, mm. didn't get a run in FP3 at all. And Stroll doesn't and, qualify well, we know that. And for Stroll to come out in, a, in an old spec engine that's losing, you know, two and a half, three tenths around Canada, to be within a tenth was, mate... I, he was just smart. I, we, we, I went on him last week after mm-hmm. Monaco, called him a boy, that he doesn't belong in F1, he should, his dad should sack him, that whole conversation. But... 
I think I might have jumped the gun, but he's done this throughout his three years in F1. Yeah, he's you're right. had these two or three really standout races throughout the year where we all sit there and go, geez, there is actually something in this guy. Mm. But I just don't think he's he's got the experience or mm. the developed his talent enough you know what he doesn't to do have it really consistently. The drive. And you can even tell that in the media conferences. He just isn't he's not fully present. He's not like Danny Rick and he's not like even as Esteban, he, he's not wanting to to show he's you the energy and the passion that he's got for this. He's a good driver. As we've said before, he's definitely not an A-spec driver. He's B-spec, maybe C-spec at times. But to his credit, he finished ninth. He's got a points haul this time around. Very good for the team. They definitely have needed this for a long time. And for him to be the one to deliver it, I think, yeah, okay, it sort of shows us up a little bit coming out of Monaco. But in saying that, you're right. He performs very well. And this is his home Grand Prix as well. So he knows that he should know this track better than anyone else. The fact that he's done this here is really great. But I think when we go to next, great. the weekend after next, he's not going to perform as well again. But his race graph this weekend was beautiful. Mm-hmm. His first stint, he didn't get held up by anyone. I think that really helped. So that it, And because he went so long on that hard tyre before he pit. Before he pitted, his tyre manager was brilliant. Racecraft was great. Strategy was good from the start. Yep. Yeah, totally. And yeah, so I think he. Uh, let's hope he can perform at that level a few more times this year. I'd like mm. to see the Pink Panthers a little bit higher up the grid. That is for sure. Hey, let's talk about Toro Rosso. Uh, Danny Kvyat finishing in tenth this time around, and Alex Albon, uh, unfortunately, having to retire. Uh, poor bloke got squeezed in the... Unlucky. He just... Yeah, I I really like... I think we all like Alex Albon quite a lot, don't we? Yeah. He just got squeezed out by Giovinazzi. Talking about attitude, he had a stitch up in qualifying, he got held up and... Kind oh, of when how, he got good the, how good was the response? The response was like, uh, I guess. Like, I, I made it to Q2, it's fine. Like, whatever. Oh, yeah. Just really good attitude, just takes takes it in his stride, gets on with it. He got really unlucky and was just wrong place, wrong time, got squeezed out, had to go in straight away, replace his front wing. But, I mean, it's just this one of those days he just couldn't win. And if you if you haven't watched the race, what we're talking about is an incident um, – on the first lap, yep, off the start, Albon comes around the corner, and if you can imagine a racing point and a Alfa Romeo squeezing you into a gap that no longer exists, and unfortunately Giovinazzi took out his front wing, had to come in and replace that, then later retired. But uh, the guy's attitude is fantastic; mm-hmm. he has a long future ahead of him. Let's let's be honest; he's a young bloke. Didn't qualify well. Didn't qualify well, but I think that that also we have to look at the rookies this year. Uh, and even Charles last year as a rookie drove really well in the race. His race craft is great, but on that one lap over one lap performance, he's even Charles now is still not there. Lando is getting better, mm-hmm. even if he sets fire to himself. And you look at Albon doing well as well. I think give him a year or two. George Russell obviously is trying his best at the back as well. Give him a year or two, and we'll see them be better. I said this about um, Ricardo when we were at. Bahrain, I think, talking about how he performs better when there are faster people around him. Yep. The moment you take him out of that scenario, he's good at qualifying, but he's better in the race. His race craft is better. So, and he acknowledges that. And we saw that from Danny as well. as well. And we'll get to that. Like his little move on Bottas. Oh, perfection. Hello. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that uh, Toro Rosso, 
again, we're talking about high-powered circuits, mm-hmm. down, low, sorry, high downforce circuits as well. They kind of flip between the two depending on the day, depending on what happens to them and a range of factors. But they're a team that can kind of handle both. Let's and not. Danny had a great race. Let's Give not. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah. he was flawless so all good. weekend. He, yep. tr- he was lucky not to get stroll. Yep. Um, he got held up on his first stint, just track position-wise. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of passing opportunities, but he drove remarkably well for it's how that... really good moves too. He's um, going to... As we said... He's going that, to Red Bull, guys. That's yeah. four races in a row for now. Sure. Consistent. He's, I'd seriously think Red Bull should be considering him. Yep. Oh, they already are. Let's, let us, let's have be, to be totally honest. Helmut mm-hmm. Marco is not the kind of person yeah. that is going to let someone in a top three team continually not perform in that top six range. He, I mean, by now you would have looked at the guy and said, listen, whipping boy, you should have at least finished above fourth. Mm-hmm. Fourth or above. That's not too much to ask when he finished in, what, fifth in Bahrain last year with Toro Rosso? When you got squeezed out by two Renaults. I mean, come on, guys. Anyway, all right, so let's Toro Rosso. Look, we all love Toro Rosso. Kiviat was sensational. Kiviat is, and you know what, again, he's come out of his shell after spending some time uh, in Ferrari. Marinello has done him some good in simulator time. The second coming of Danny Kiviat, we might see sooner rather than later to Red Bull. And to be honest, I think if he gets there, every... I mean, all power to him. He's top three material, at least. And I think he would rival Max very well, well in that I same wouldn't go, I wouldn't go that far. No, but I think but he could provide than, a bit of a push. Like, he's yeah. better than Gasly. Gasly's just a non-event. Hey, let's talk uh, about McLaren. Uh, Carlos Sainz finishing 11th. And uh, my man, Lando, who didn't Oh, he just got Danny karma Rick. for his shit performance in Monaco, didn't he? Yeah, but he was performing really well this time around and defending no, off Max. I know I'm he had faster tyres, but... I don't like him. Okay, fair enough. No, he, no. I feel like he got past no, a thousand times signs and still ended up in 11th. <laughs> just <laughs> don't know up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he got past heaps. How did he end up there? But there was a few, he got past twice mm. in three corners, I think it was. Like, that was a very interesting moment. I think the, the guy has a lot of talent. I think he has a lot of raw talent. And he spends a lot of time on simulators getting to tracks and trying to get the most out of everything that he can. He's doing the work. He's a fast driver. He's okay. He's inexperienced and younger at the moment, but I think the way that he defended Max was really good. I mean, he's not he's not racing Max, mm-hmm. is he? It's like Danny Rick wasn't really racing Bottas or Verstappen. He, it's impossible for them. Gasly, different story. Mm-hmm. But you look at those teams. McLaren is that mid pack, solid mid pack. But your Renault racing point, Alpha Haas, that's who they're really fighting against. They're not really fighting. Those, those top three teams. So, yeah. And I'll give him credit. He out-qualified signs. So I think it's 5-2 yeah. now in yeah. his favour. very interesting. You know, so I don't think Carlos is the senior driver of the team. Is he really? I mean, he's older, but he's not the senior, like the number one driver. he's playing that Lance Stroll role of that just like kind of B, C grade kind of driver, it seems. He's not really ever looking like he's going to have that potential to be an A grade driver anymore. Well, it might seem harsh, but has he shown anything this year that would suggest that he's got an A-grade kind of drive in him? Oh, I like signs. When he was competing with Max, they were toe-to-toe pretty close. He yep. was unlucky. Not He lost two positions to go out of the points on the last two laps because of – he had a, the visor, the tear-off in His the tear-offs. visor was in the uh, – in the airbox? In the cooling duct, oh. which made him slow down, which is why he lost so much pace in the last two – 
That sucks. Well, so he, he his race craft is good, mm. and that would have been his third straight points finishes in a row. I think, mate, he's good. He's not performing. But sometimes in F1, it just happens. Yeah. I mean, you look at Danny Rick's first five races, just yeah. didn't really happen the way it should have. Mm-hmm. And I think Science is up there. He's, he's solid. I don't think he's top tier yet, but he's got potential and he should be. So, mm-hmm. Red Bull, should we release you to talk about your whipping boy? Go on. Off you go, Campy. Look, it's a tough one. I've said everything I need to say about Gasly and how he's performed over the last five, this uh, last six races, first six races. This weekend, with Max getting unlucky in Q2 and not going through because of the red, uh, the red flag, that should have given Gasly some confidence that goes, right, I can now jump my teammate and I can at least qualify in P4 or 5 and get a really good... Good shot off the start to compete with these guys and compare some race pace. But he was just, again, failed to perform, cannot get that car quick over one lap and anywhere near comparison with Verstappen. Started ahead of him but couldn't pass Stroll in the race and it really comp. Yeah. And this is the difference between great drivers and Mm. average drivers. Verstappen... Bulldogs his way through the pack no matter where he is. He yep. gets moves done. Horner said over the radio that he had some heating issues and he, as soon as he got too close, the car, was, the car was overheating and he needed to manage it. But Max is in an identical car. Yep. And it comes down to driving style and Gasly's just not cutting it. at the, He's not cutting it at this top level. Do you know what would have been really interesting if Sainz hadn't jumped to McLaren's of course, he was on loan from the Red Bull driving program to Renault after Toro Rosso if he had stepped into the Red Bull. Because you were saying before that he and Max were doing, you know, toe-to-toe in, oh, but, in Toro at the time. But that was fireworks, mate. That was not a healthy combination, those two drivers. That was... Take that out of it, though. I'm just, I'm just talking about pure yeah, driving style. If you put signs in a faster car, and we are just talking about it before, maybe he would be performing as good as, if not, Better than Max. Max is this Red Bull golden boy, but don't forget Danny Rick did such an amazing job with that car and he's older than him. I'm just saying, it would be would have been interesting to have seen Gasly stay in Toro Rosso and someone else go to McLaren and signs going from Renault to, you know, doing basically a straight switch yeah. mm. of seats. Anyway, it obviously it didn't happen and good on him. He's got a greater car, I guess, to drive around in in a 670S or something nice as a bloody <laughs> work car. Um yeah, okay. So, realistically, McLaren doing okay. I feel for Lando because I'm still on Team Lando. Now I'm, I, now I'm over his little, you know, inconvenience of Danny Rick. Uh, really unlucky that the whole bloody thing fell away. Interesting that the, the car was left there for the entire race, by the way. It was weird. Really? Yeah, it was just, I mean, it was off the racing line. It was just coming off the pit exit. I think it was because they Fair would enough. have had to close off the pit exit to yeah. get to it. So, maybe it was just safer where it was. Interesting. Good by the stewards finally showing some yeah. common sense. Hey, let's talk about... Not uh, later. Well, Did we talk about Max yet? Yeah, let's talk about Max. Yeah. Because good. I think he did an incredible job, of course. Very unlucky, but it actually showed that in qualifying, he couldn't set a fast enough time on the mediums, which he's been able to do in past weeks. He actually had to go in, which is why he got held up trying to put on the softs and got stuck behind that red flag, unable to set a faster time to get to Q3. So, And he gave it two shots too. He had two shots on those mediums and just could not get a fast enough time to get out of that bottom. And it was the final sector both times mm-hmm. that let him go. Yep. 
which is unfortunate because that was obviously the better race strategy and they were really for sure. gunning for it. I don't think his, his qualifying position was not a reflection of his pace at all. No. I think he seriously could have challenged I see, I reckon a podium he been, position. Yep, for sure. And he's oh, he, he's that quick. Mm-hmm. He's, he's that good. So. Um, but I think out of that scenario, pretty much the dream scenario to be out of Q3 to end up in ninth with your choice yes, of tyre is absolutely. going to be about as good as it gets for not hitting Q3. Totally. Um, but so the guy's a star. Yeah. He, he, got up to, what, he got up to fifth, which is where he should have finished. And again, smashed his teammate. Yeah, it's not difficult though, is it? Look, he did a great job. Um, but interesting watching the Red Bull going around that track and just the chassis set up on that thing is almost close to perfect, isn't it? That hairpin, he was like ready to put the power down so much earlier than everyone else and there was this car in his way. He's like, yeah. hurry up. You could just see him so much the, more sorted. The car under brakes is incredible it's as well. It's ridiculous. Oh, can just go so much later. I mean, we yep. we had it good with Danny Rick doing it. Oh, yeah. But on TV yesterday, some of those shots of how far he was breaking. Mm-hmm. Was, and Adrian Newey is an absolute superstar when it comes to that sort of thing. He is. Speaking of superstars, let's talk about his team. We won't talk about him just yet. Let's talk about Renault and Nico. Danny Rick. Oh, yes. Let's just talk about Nico first. Nico did a really good drive, I think. Yeah, he showed some fight this weekend. Especially against Bottas. Held Bottas for quite a while in the first half of the race. Um, And before Bottas being held up by Danny Rick, as we'll talk about in just a moment. But, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier in the season about uh, the fact that, you know, Along comes Danny Rique, and a tier A driver to Nico and how Nico was sort of responding to that. I think this time around and certainly towards the end there, he was challenging Nico for, sorry, Nico was challenging Danny for position. If they were in different cars, it probably would have been a little bit more aggressive. I think they're just both aware that, you know, a decent points haul for Renault here means yeah. that they don't need to fight too hard regardless of team orders. I watched a replay last night, so I didn't get to see anything afterwards. Was there any team orders at all? Not that we saw. No. We didn't hear anything? Okay, no. that's good. No, I think I think they're both just smart drivers. And Danny Rick, he was gunning. Their, his whole strategy was, I don't care if I finish 10th, I'm going for fourth. Yeah. And I th- he, used a lot, he used a lot of his tyres early in his second stint to try and hold off Verstappen and Bottas and he was holding them for about 15, 20 laps but it just fell away hence why Hulkenberg was able to pull up a fair bit on him so um, but it was unfortunate I don't think Renault wanted to pit that early but they had to cover off Gasly and and that's why they pitted Danny Rick early and you know what though it worked Um, unlike Monaco (laughs) it worked totally and he got he got out in a really good spot as well he actually got in just before Lando's incident so I think yep and you know what I think I'm pretty sure that's that little thing would have held up even if it was five tenths would have held up Gasly coming out and enabling Danny Rick to get out there I think he was exiting the pit as Lando was kind of coming into that island bit yep yeah so I think so thanks, Lando. You've actually done a thing opposite to the last is time. This, are we square now? Is the, the ledger fine? You bloody must be. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, okay. But how good was his qualifying, though? Again, I was, so I, we're 6-1 again. 
So I'll, I don't know he's, he, he's smoking him. I know, and he beat him by three and a half tenths this it was time. Quick. Whereas in the previous five we races, we are talking about Danny Rick now, everyone, yeah. just in case. In the pre- we've, yeah, we've sorry. shifted from. When we say going, him, we him. mean Danny Rick. Obviously. In the previous five races that he'd outqualified Nico Hulkenberg, it had been pretty close. Yep. Mm. Like we're not talking two or three tenths; we're talking half tenths, mm-hmm. tenth maximum. But this, he was three and a And again, he, oh, he, Danny Rick stayed in the pits much longer into Q3, came out and just evolution. sorted it out, mm. did it in one, didn't need to come out and kind of figure it out. He how knows what good, he's doing. How good is P4 for so Renault? Was, oh, like, come on, guys. Really, really how, and good. this early as well, even he was saying, like, I was we're like, we were expecting to do good, like, good things, but not this early on in the season. That's I think so I threw good. it into the text. I think it was the best. Qualifying result yeah. for Renault since 2010, I think I said. Yeah, yeah something. Huge. It's been a while. Huge. This and is these, the best qualifying for the team yep. in that long. And these are the sort of signs we want to see yes. Renault start ticking the boxes on. Doesn't have to happen. Doesn't have to happen every race. Mm-hmm. But those three or four results this year that they yep. tick that box and go right, we're moving forward in the right direction. And that's one of them. I was driving in about nine inches of snow across the Victorian High Country. And I came into some reception. It was the first thing I checked, and I just, mate, I jumped. I had my five-year-old nephew with me. I was like, (laughs) get in there, son. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, James, can you tell us about that move from Bottas, just to hold him off? Oh, left 36. What what an absolute superstar. So we're we're going down uh, the back straight. DRS is open for Valtteri, not for Danny Rick. Valtteri moves to the right-hand side to try and get, which is off the racing line. So there's a lot more. Was this the first one? This is this is the first one. So he's, yeah. Danny Rick's moved across, and Valtteri has had to lift off of the power. So you, it slung yeah, out Valtteri, as a first. Valtteri shoot himself. He did. He slingshot <laughs> it out of the hairpin, and of course the Mercedes has got better straight line speed. In fact, the Mercedes is just a better car overall, and we all know that. And mm-hmm. as I said earlier, Danny Rick was not fighting the Mercedes. However, comma, it is awesome to see the fact that. And Danny just knew where to place the car. He moves across. Valtteri responded by lifting. Now, he had his hand on, or he had his thumb, I should say, on the DRS button. Because as soon as you, if you're on DRS and you've got that activated, and as soon as you lift off the throttle, DRS closes. So he actually still oh, had it open. Is it not one of those auto switch off with the brakes now? If you hold it with the button, yeah, it's still, yeah. and he did, which points to Valtteri for being clever and thinking about that sort of stuff. But where Danny had just planted the car, it wasn't he didn't do any sort of second moves like he did the next couple laps, sort of you know, a little bit too double late. Fake. Yeah, mm-hmm. double fake. But, geez, it was bloody good. You just think mm-hmm. this guy is a such a phenomenal driver. Doing that to a Mercedes in a Renault and keeping him back there for another couple laps after that, yep. huge. Huge. Yep. You're a 70 lap race and you're lap 36 and you've still got a Mercedes behind you. That's a really big deal. It mm-hmm. ticked that box for me. Yeah. Big fan. Huge. You know, obviously we are massively biased towards Daniel Ricciardo, but no one can argue with us that that was an incredible drive this time around. An yep. incredible result for Renault. We're going to see more and more of that. It's going to be great. And they sorted out that engine issue they had with yes. the Conrod as well. Yes. So They seem much more confident in giving it the full... Yeah, well, they've strengthened up the Conrod so it can handle the load it was intended to initially yep. handle. All Therefore, right. highest power modes, 
qualifying. They've got a good quality mode too. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. So and it's only going to get better and better with these upgrades that are going to come to the car. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's talk about how I'm right and how you're wrong. And <laughs> let's talk about Ferrari. Yeah, if you didn't understand that intro that James did. We're going to do Ferrari. Let's talk about Charles first and then I'll explain why Sebastian Was he there? should have won. I didn't see Charles. Who? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he almost finished second. Yeah. Oh, I imagine. Let's just go to that. Let's suspend disbelief for a second. And can you imagine if Ferrari was dumb enough to let him get within five seconds of? I don't even think. I'm not sure. Look, I haven't. I'm. I might be. I don't think Ferrari told him. Yeah, but I don't think he actually was told. That would have been incredible to go. Actually, Seb, you've lost to your teammate now as well. Do you know what though? I don't think Leclerc was actually aware of what was going on. I think he's right. If if I was his racing engineer, I'd just be like, put your head down, mate, and just keep going. And I'm not going to feed you in what's going on. You can't really see any screens going around that Mm. that circuit. So even he said in the post-race interview that he wasn't really sure what was going on with with Seb. I would want to know because I can guarantee you Leclerc would have been pushing like hell to get that second place. yeah. If I was him, I would have. Yeah. There, but there's enough to be said about Ferrari as a culture mm-hmm. that he wouldn't have been told. That's my point. You don't need to tell him that he's going to finish second if he pushes to close the three, three and a half second I gap. I think smart by Ferrari, probably not saying anything. It not smart. Smart. <laughs> and you just want fireworks. Smart and Ferrari no. is an oxymoron at the moment, no, honestly. No, no. Let's get real. These guys risk their lives every time they get in a car. They are pushing flat out and they're the ultimate competitors. For his team not to tell him that sort of information, I would be spitting chips behind closed doors. It doesn't matter because Sebastian's not going to be in this seat at the end of the year anyway because he's going to throw his hands in the air. And why? <laughs> because he got the race victory stolen from him by some stupid French people, otherwise known as the FIA, and also talking about things that they don't understand. Okay, like so James describing. Describe what happened, like second by second, the incident, and then we'll just tell you how you No, playing. no, let's not get James to describe it. <laughs> okay. Camp- no, because then we can poke holes in it. Campy, you go. You just, <laughs> as the impartial last person to watch the race between the three of us, you tell me why you think Sebastian was no, no. So, in for control. those of you who didn't see it, you need to go watch and find it somewhere on YouTube. Vettel, come back. Vettel lost it. He lost his rear end and went into a corner sideways and ended up on the grass. When he re-entered the track, Hamilton had gained on him that much and had the speed and the car position to pass him. What happened was is Vettel, on his re-entry to the track, went wide and didn't give Lewis Hamilton enough room to go around that outside and take him off, get the move done. So he was given a five-second penalty. Which right. is the most lenient penalty you can get. So he also crossed the line first and was about two seconds in front of Hamilton, Fair. which didn't did. matter. Okay, yep. So just so everyone's you aware, that's, that's the incident. Now, my point is that if you look at the video, it doesn't look like Seb is in control of that car until he's almost at the racing oh, line. I'm sorry, so that must be Lewis's fault that he's not in control of his no, Ferrari? No. My point is, okay, fa- look... It's a racing incident. I don't... Th- it's not a racing incident. The, th- the point is, though, Lewis wasn't close enough to overtake him for the entire race. That one mistake is not enough Well, for, don't make the mistake in the exactly. first place for one. I dare one. say that's a forced error uh, by Lewis no. putting pressure and this on the is gearbox. A, I just, and look, this, the is Vettel's, is, this is Vettel's problem over the last three years. He has shit the bed that many times at critical 
points in the race, which has costed him five or six race What victories. happens when he comes up Hamilton every time? Did he not spin? Do when you know we the biggest thing that I'm surprised about you, Thomas J. Camp, Whoa. is that you do not agree with Ted Kravitz on this time, this issue. I'm, I've said this before. I'm not the biggest Lewis Hamilton fan. But what happened was Vettel impeded the guy and the yep. guy had to get off the brakes and come so close to the wall, that's why he got the penalty. Agree. I watched it five or six times. I understand if why Vettel... If he had Vettel- left him another half a tyre width to get past, he would have been fine. He just squeezed back onto the racing line was the problem. And let's, Vettel's not stupid. He was going as wide as he can on that re-entry. He was elbows out. Which is fair enough because it's For his sure. place to do I'd it do as well. But, but he could have penalty. He could have come out of that corner a lot shallower than what he did. Yep. He knew Lewis was going up there, and Lewis, he said after the race, oh, Lewis should have gone up the inside and passed me anyway. There was no way. There was no time to do there that. There was no way Lewis could go up the inside. It's the same argument, though, both ways, isn't it? It Lewis is. didn't have enough time to go up the inside. But why should Sepp Lewis have, have to? Lewis control. is the one still on the tarmac. The reason it's he got <laughs> the penalty is because Lewis had to get off the gas and get on yep. the brakes after right. he'd done the corner so it's exit. Lewis's fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you've, All I'm saying you've, is I am I am over stupid rules and penalties leading to and look Hamilton was a result of this in 2008. He lost after the race, lost the race because of it. I don't think when you're talking about number one and two, especially now considering Mercedes has won every single bloody race, to and take that we away don't want from to, we Ferrari. can agree, Campion, I agree with. We, we don't, don't want, want to see Mercedes further ahead. No. I just don't understand how people can be uproared and say Vettel agree was robbed no. of that race because victory. he stuffed it up because he did I'm that to emotionally himself. involved. Therefore, a Ferrari <laughs> fan. I'm not even really a Ferrari fan. I'm just emotionally involved. Look, the best bit of the race was after the race had finished. Seb had gone into the bloody <laughs> hospitality unit of Ferrari. Yeah, this His is all manager the ran, best. sprinted towards the unit, and I'm talking he was about just sooking. He didn't want to go to the podium. It was parked and he his car wasn't even there. His car was parked up. He he weighed himself and he buggered off. But I think it would have been another penalty if he didn't actually appear for the podium. But he he sort of came up. If you haven't seen it, this is great. You should definitely YouTube to say like Sebastian Vettel post race Canada, and he comes up, goes towards the stairs to to go upstairs to the podium, sees Lewis's car with a number one in front of it, walks over to the car, takes the number two from where his car was supposed to be, puts it in front of Lewis's car, takes the number one away from Lewis's car, and puts the number one where his where Sebastian's car is supposed to be. Like even after, and then uh, we don't the agree crowd. with this. We don't agree with this. The entire crowd was all cheering for Seb. So yeah. I take oh. I take your points, but I don't take them because you're both wrong. And the crowd we want Seb and to me win that race was right. So all I'm <laughs> saying is you're wrong. Uh, I don't hey, think I don't think that was such an emotional reaction after the race. That was well thought out and well measured from Vettel. He Vettel. knew the crowd was behind him on he, that. No, but he He's knew. He, he knew how. <laughs> of course, to, it was well measured. He knew he had to get his car to park Fermo. He knew he had to get Wade. And he knew he had to be on the podium to receive his trophy. They're not obliged to do that interview afterwards. Down, he knew everything he had to do, and he was making a point that he thought he was, he was robbed. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think it was as emotional as we made out to be because he came oh, in. No, saw no, no. He was pretty emotional on the radio, though. He was after the race, absolutely. As you look, would be, I agree. And well done, Martin Brundle for 
getting him up at the um, the grid. Look, I'm sorry, at the podium. I think actually I'd rather the interviews up at the podium just as a side note rather than perk for me. It's a bit weird for me. Anyway, because let them celebrate with their team. Okay, look, you're both wrong. Thank you for agreeing with me that you're both wrong. <laughs> the Let's secondary talk about Mercedes. No, 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 no. Let's no, talk about Mercedes. No, no, we're done. I Let's just talk don't, about Valtteri. I Valtteri. don't understand how you can possibly think he did nothing wrong. I didn't say that. I just said so I don't agree with you the penalty. Him? Nothing. Just let him race. But then how does it wasn't? How is it a racing incident if they because didn't even collide? My point. My point is, and that's Hamilton what, at no point in the race was near enough to overtake him, except for that moment. Okay, yeah, he buggered it, but you know what? He didn't get past him. That's because on he closed for, the door. And that's put on him Hamilton in the wall. For, if he didn't yeah, break. But, so what happened with Giovinazzi and Albon? Giovinazzi didn't get a penalty for that. That's a racing incident. That's my point. It just, yeah, but they didn't crash. Any... He impeded Lewis's run out of the turn. But he, they, but Albon and, and no, Giovinazzi the... crashed though. That's my point. So there is more of an effect. I'm not a stickler for the rules. That's not at any. But this is a black and white occasion, <laughs> At any occasion, no, I don't anywhere. Look, but he. Seb could have given more room, he, and, and if he's he saying I was that out of control until I was that far, he's full of shit. I am with the majority here. It, it was a look, and you know what? At the the time of recording this podcast, Ferrari still have a period of time to lodge a review, and, and they, they have, yeah, um, gathering <laughs> evidence to, to do that. And it'll be and interesting it's not to see. Change. It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. But look, I just I would have I would have liked to have seen Sebastian win. Let's talk about Mercedes very quickly. Uh, Valtteri Bottas uh, being held up by the Renaults very interesting. Just didn't have didn't it together this weekend, well. did he? And I feel sorry for him. He was quick all weekend. It was looking like it was going to be another mm-hmm. Mercedes one two. And he but he had that spin in Q three. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I just think it threw his rhythm off and his yep. feel off because yep. if you look at his second lap in Q three, he locked up the front three yep. times into different corners. Hence why we saw how far off the pace he was. Mm. But he couldn't really do anything from the grid position he was in. And so. to say, well recovered out of that spin, Valtteri. Jeez, he held that well. Not hitting yeah. the to wall. To not put you it know, into the Locking wall. the front brakes up to allow the car to sort of keep spinning away from the wall. And then just roll out of it. sliding, so, mm-hmm. sorry. Really, really good. Like, if you're going to spin, you're going to spin. Uh, and that not rally he did wall. before the season is still working. Oh, he's just finished. All yeah. of them are just like, oh, but I'm this, a rally driver. <laughs> but this, this is why Lewis will win. The world championship this year, I think, because consistency. Lewis just doesn't make those mistakes. Yeah, you're right. And the mistakes he does make are so minute that it's not going to cost him. Am I right in saying that Valtteri got taken off the line on the first lap? I think he lost a position. I'm not too sure. I'm pretty sure he got passed. But anyway, bit of a shame. He wasn't that. I don't think the race result or qualifying result. Yeah, he did. Nico what, took him. Yeah. Nico beat him on the first lap. Wasn't yeah. I don't think it was a reflection of his pace. I think he'll bounce back pretty quickly, yep. and so he should. But but I think in saying that though, Lewis qualified. He lost four tenths in the last sector. Yeah, he Lewis locked is, up big into mm-hmm. that hairpin, and he was he was he was, he was a tenth and a half up on Vettel's. I think if he didn't make if Lewis didn't make that mistake, yeah. He gets pole and goes on to win the race anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't think he, sure. Mercedes didn't have the cleanest weekend that no. they've had in the first six races, and it ultimately cost them on the starting. But grid. for a pretty bad weekend for Mercedes, it's a pretty good result. Like, let's be honest. Oh. Toto will be very happy. Well, gents, look, that's uh, a wrap on Canada for 2019. Uh, we're looking forward to Paul Ricard and and France. Let's have it. No, we're not. 
Okay, no, we're not. <laughs> uh, That's a, no, and we are. And if you, if you are, you're now not because Camby has just said so. No, nah, uh, last year was a really average race. You're right. I, look, I'm, let's just see what kind of reaction Danny gets uh, It'll be at good his, the Renault Home Grand Prix. And indeed, if you have uh, enjoyed this podcast, we want to thank you for, for listening in. Please remember to subscribe and hit the like button and give us a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Play if you're listening. And uh, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify. You can find us on Instagram at OzF1, that's A-U-S-F-1, or on Twitter at OzF1, Official. Jen's been an absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed watching Boys. the Canadian Grand Prix and uh, let us go to France, France together as Daniel Ricciardo takes pole probably in two or three years' time when the regulations <laughs> change. Cheers, boys. Coming we before we can team by team. Skip Williams, like you no, can hang start- on. Fuck off. George Russell beat Magnussen. Yeah, because Magnussen, Magnussen stacked his car in qualifying. Stop. Let's do this. And they were lucky. I'll do the record intro later. Ooh, look at me, end. George Russell. I came 17th. Well, that's definitely going in. Uh, <laughs> uh, good. Getting the points. <laughs> <laughs>